0: Hey team, a race that is near and dear to me in my hometown is coming back for 2024, the Slide at Enduro Series. For the month of April, you can do the weeknight series each week for a cumulative weeknight standing, or just come to race all four stages in one day with the one-day race. New for 2024, there will be a bonus stage for pro and expert. What Mike, the awesome race director, is looking for is sponsorship for the entire series. There are a few tiers of sponsorship. A gold sponsor is $1,000, silver is $500, and bronze is $250. These can all be cash or equivalent product at wholesale value. All levels will receive their company logo on the event shirt in varying sizes based on their sponsorship level, but the gold level will go on the event posters and banner. If you're wanting to go for gold, you need to have your info in by March 10th. For silver and bronze, you need to have your info in by April 1st. No matter what level you choose, you'll be helping make racing and Salida possible so we all get more podium opportunities. You can reach Mike directly at info at com to receive the sponsorship agreement. And stay tuned, we will be doing a bonus JRA in the near future that interviews Mike so you can get to know him a little and learn how he puts on such an awesome event for Salida.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode process 134. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That was my dad joke, because this is episode 134, and Kona has a bike called the process 134, and I'm hilarious, and shut her down. That's the whole episode.
1: Isn't that what, uh, we answered that question from the guy who just got moved to Moab. Didn't he say he had a process 134? How do I remember that, but I can't remember like why I walked in the
0: kitchen five minutes ago? Or my birthday.
1: I can remember that no. now.
0: Damn. Got it. Well, we're going to start with what we've been doing because Kenny said so. So that means Kenny goes first.
2: Nothing super exciting for me. Sorry. Weather is all over the place here. It was, I think, 60 degrees a few days ago and then went to 20 degrees and then it snowed. It's just been really weird. I did get out on the moto and wrote a new place I haven't been before. It is called Little Moab. And uh, it's not really anything like Little Moab at all. It's a horrible name. <laughs> but it was pretty cool. It's just a big spot where Utah people hang out and do Utah things. So, <laughs> Like blow things up. I didn't see a lot of blowing stuff up, but you know, a lot of people out there, with their families having fun with big old RVs and a zillion dirt bikes and listening to music. And there's kind of one fairly popular meeting spot that has a bunch of little miniature motocross tracks, little turn tracks. (laughs) So everyone's just kind of ripping those up. And anyway, just fun. I like, it reminds me that I like the things you can do out West a lot, which is go wherever you want and do anything that you want, which is really cool. So America and (laughs) that's really it for me. I wish I had cooler stuff to talk about, but hopefully weather will be changing soon. Uh, Down the road, I will be going to St. George at the end of the month to do kind of yearly family vacation stuff. So we'll be doing lots of motorcycle and bicycle things there. So hopefully I can give better reports on fancy new suspension and, Other cool things. That's it for me.
1: All right. I'll go next since Matt's giving himself a manicure. I have... I
0: put the man in manicure.
1: I have... So I haven't done a whole lot that would be, like, super interesting. But I did learn something that will change my life forever. That is, if you have a gas stove, you put it on low. A lot of times with a gas stove, that's still too high to simmer something like a big pot of chili. It'll start to stick on the bottom and burn. You can turn the knob back past the light position, and between light and off, you can get like extra low flame settings.
2: This is that m- might be true on <laughs> your particular stove. I guess maybe that's homework for everybody. Go, yeah, everyone, go a light stove. your stove and then go do other things.
1: No, go. See what happens. Just turn it, turn it back. I learned this on Reddit because I was trying to make chili. While I was editing JRA and...
2: All right. Hang on. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to do this with my stove. It will actually be a second and I'm really doing this in real life. So, hold on. You okay. can keep talking, but I'm going to go test my stuff. All
1: right. Yeah. So, I was, I was making a big pot of chili. By the way, if you are a chili fan, if you go to TheMeatEater.com and search for chili, they have uh, Spencer Newharth, who is one of their, I don't know, people. One of their, like, I don't know, hunting personality guys. And, like, a biologist and stuff. He's actually, he's a really uh, educated person, not just, like, a hunting bro. Uh, he has a recipe on there for Hold chili. On.
0: It's so good. If you type in Spencer Newharth, even if you misspell it at first, it's or N-E-U-H-A-R-T-H. There's Spencer Newharth, Spencer Newhar, and then Spencer Newharth Chili, Spencer Newharth Meat Eater. Yeah. So, Spencer Newharth chili comes up above meat eater so Um,
1: that is the best chili recipe i've ever had and most people agree with that like if you read the comments they're like yeah this is the best chili ever i took it to the local chili cook-off and won by a sweep and yeah it's really good but i was trying to make that while i was editing and i had to keep getting up like every did it work
2: fuck my face (laughs) did it work
1: it works (laughs)
2: <laughs> I've got like a brand new stove oven situation.
1: Yeah. So I'm so very I, surprised. So I, I was getting frustrated and I'm like, there has to be a way that you can like, I don't know, put something over the flame or I was thinking of something like, you know, over the burner to like cool it off a little bit. And I searched something like gas stove too hot for simmering. Reddit. And that's another pro tip for everyone. If you want to find out some, some shit, just search. Whatever you're searching, just type in Reddit at the end.
2: Because all the forums yeah. are dead, which we've discussed, which is really sad. So, uh, ovenenthusiast.net is not <laughs> online anymore, which is bullshit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I searched that, and that was the first thing that came up. And it was like, this is what you do. You just turn it back past the light position before you get to off and you can adjust the flame to a lower position and that's what i did and it worked perfectly
2: yeah it's pretty that's pretty crazy
1: uh-huh i did it tonight again to uh, cook some onions nice and slow so they'd be really sweet and uh, it was it was great
2: another pro tip you could also just make a pot of chili twice the size that you were making
1: it was already a lot of
0: chili. this was
2: kenny this was a This was a painful amount of chili. It's like
1: gallons of chili.
2: By the way, the best chili scene in the world is the one from the office.
1: Doesn't someone like drop a big bowl of chili or pot of chili or something? Yeah, he
2: drops the... He's like super excited about his family recipe of chili that he's going to bring in. And he immediately drops it on the floor uh, in the morning at work before everyone gets there. And he (laughs) panics and he's just like scraping it up off the carpet back into the pot. It's extremely funny. Everybody should go watch it.
1: I... I... I think I've seen like one episode of the office.
2: The office really is good. It's one that's it's very awkward because they don't do uh, normal audience stuff and like laughter and all that stuff. So some stuff is really weird and awkward because it is, but once you get used to it and you realize that all the writing is extremely brilliant and it's one of the ones where if you watch it two or three times front to back, it's, it just gets better and better. So highly recommend it. It's really good. Just like our episodes, you should listen to every one of our episodes. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to get anything else out of our episodes if you (laughs) listen to it a second. Kenny, everyone should listen 10 or 12 times.
1: I did go, uh, other than making chili, I did go for a bike ride. I went out and did some QOM poaching because that's just what I do now instead of bike racing. There's a lady in Salida who's I've talked about her before. She's she's fast, and apparently I've you know talking to like other people like she has no idea that she's really fast. And I'll get an email every now and then like so and so took your QOM, and this time I got it, and I was kind of like hemming and hawing about like when to ride and where to ride and whatever. And I got this email, no, and you were no. you
2: and you were just throwing shit around your house. God was, damn it, stupid bitch!
1: No, I just like. It was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to go back and get that one. And I I was like out the door within 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, there was no hemming and hawing. It was like, you want to ride with me later? And she's like, or she was like, ah, oh, so-and-so took that QOM. And I was like, cool. And the night before, I was like, we're going to ride together tomorrow? And she's like, yeah. And then the next morning, she's like, this bitch took my QOM. <laughs> and by the way, uh, there's a limb broken on a tree in the yard. And I'm like. All right, and I. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> you went out to cut the limb off, and you were just gone for like an hour because you were walking around the yard cutting other limbs off. So I was like, "Well, he's doing met stuff."
2: I thought and- I thought you were going to say he went out and cut the limb off, and then was just like doing wheelies for forty five minutes on the moto. We're getting a moto stuff, Kenny. Cool your tits. So I
0: cut some limb, and I'm like, "Well, I've already got a small pile of limbs." And there's some other limbs
2: that are hanging over the driveway. How, so, how are I'm, you cutting those limbs? What's your, what's your tool of choice?
0: Man, four-foot step ladder and a Ace Hardware handsaw. Um, is it like a foldable one? Nope, it is a fixed blade. I do have a folder and a fixed blade, and it's probably like a 16 or 14-inch fixed blade. Um, you know what you could do? And, you could
2: put that thing on a pole, then you got yourself a pole saw.
0: Yeah, and that's totally fine. However, I own a folding saw or a handsaw and I own a folding four foot stepladder. And he's also six foot two. And I'm six two with long arms. So I could just walk around my yard with my ladder and my handsaw and not have to own more shit. <laughs> That's not fun. I mean, I get it. Tools are fun, but there's a limit for everything. So I go outside to clean up the yard like a good domestic male and like Andrea walks outside And she's kitted up and ready to ride. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to get that QOM. (laughs) And I'm like...
1: It was not that aggressive.
0: Here I am all zinned out, like looking at trees, cut off a limb, got them all loaded into my truck, which I'm glad you brought this up. I'll wait till it's my turn to go to talk about the greatest thing that happened to me all week. (laughs) So you finish, Andrea, and then I'll continue.
1: Oh, that was really it. I got the QOM by almost a minute and i did it without being an asshole Uh, and i just want to say that because it was like a it was on sunday and saturday saturday or sunday and it was like bad weather on the front range so salida kind of gets like a lot of people that come in and ride for the day and yeah like the trails were a little bit busy and i had to like slow down and put a foot down once and said hi to people i didn't stop and chat or anything but (laughs) you know i i make it a point to uh to just not be a dick when i'm on the trail even if i'm trying to like kind of go fast and that was even like back when i was racing i'd go out to like do an interval workout or something and you know if i was riding trails i'd just you just stop for a second
2: just, you know, yelling, just yelling at random other trail users bitch took my qom <laughs> whip past them <laughs>
1: no i i'd do it without being an asshole uh, so i mean if i mean really like just not being a jerk is just more important than Strava QOM, so I uh, I just try not to be a jerk. But that's kind of it. Went out for a little hunting this morning. Didn't see any mountain lion tracks, but found a bobcat track, but it went on to private property, then found a really fresh coyote track and started following that. And then I realized that the coyote knew I was following it because it started instead of they kinda like wander and change directions and stuff and it started around yeah they kind of like you can tell like they go they go in places where there might be like rabbits they'll follow deer tracks or elk tracks like they're really opportunistic you can tell like if you just follow their track in an area where there's lots of other animals that they want to eat they'll follow you know other animal tracks for like quarter of a mile or so and then like turn off when they're like oh it's not here anymore and they go off and do something else and This one stopped following animal tracks and I noticed it started to go straight with the wind and they, uh, they use scent a lot and, uh, started to go with the wind, like wind at its tail and occasionally it would like stop. You could see it would stop and turn around in the direction that it had come from and then run. So it was basically just running away from my smell and I figured that out pretty quick, and there was no way I could like get in front of it at that point, so I I bailed on that and went back to the truck.
2: Do you know what I'm going to do when I'm old? Hunt coyotes? I am going to get a bunch of taxidermied animal feet, and I'm going to wander around in the snow, and I'm just going to start like stamping animal feet in really weird ways to make people super confused.
1: <laughs> Most people don't look at tracks as much as I do. <laughs> I kind of have like a mild obsession with it because it's really cool. Like you can see what the animal was like you get just a little peek into their into their life. I like, know and you know, you're going to stumble
2: across my work and you'd be like, "Jesus, there was there Wait, was two bears gonna, like, and then on. there was like a bear riding on the back of a bobcat <laughs> and then the bobcat you- did a dance."
1: Are you going to, like, put those feet on your feet, like little animal shoes? I'll
2: figure that out. I don't know exactly, but I'm, I'm going to do something like that.
1: Okay. That'll be hilarious. And then I'll come on the show and be like, you're never going to guess what I saw today, Kenny. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be doing this when we're 70
2: years That's old. That's correct.
0: So you're going to be like Tony Signorino and Al Williams local pranksters from St. Petersburg that did the giant penguin prank in the 40s and 50s. I don't know but yeah, I mean, tell so, us about yeah so um, I'm pretty sure this is the dude. It might be someone that copycatted him later but this dude made giant penguin feet out of lead <laughs> and strapped them to his shoes and just walked around. And then they had like a giant penguin cutout, <laughs> so apparently it was spotted by like Coast Guard and all kinds of shit. Oh my like, God, <laughs> I just fucking love it. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah, when Kenny said that, I was gonna pull out my obscure Matt fact of the night and drop that on y'all. So that was good. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right, Friday. My whole team got off work early thanks to a uh, light revolt. Um, so oh, I didn't. You didn't say it was because of a revolt. Uh, I'll explain that off air. Anyways, let's see. So, I went out and rode my Stigmata. Got in about an hour and a half. And Jesus Christ, that bike is fast. Just going to quickly run through it. 2019 Stigmata, red shifters, XX1 rear derailleur, uh, mountain bike crank with a 40-tooth chainring from Amazon with weird chainring spacers to a change to the chain line to be appropriate for road. That gives... That's beep-boop yeah, robots, all right? beep-boop robots. I, I, cables are for the pores i've got super narrow bars a really long stem a titanium rigid seat post zip 303 s wheels and maxis reaver 45 tires and those are no joke the fastest gravel tires i have ever ridden uh they're amazing they're great they're awesome everyone should ride them they're they're great um it's like an aspen race gravel tire is the best way to put it really low center knobs really aggressive side knobs perfect tire for me shout out to my homie andy for recommending them to me because they are sick so rode that on friday night and then saturday i got up and dealt with the limbs and stuff and then i let's see I loaded my truck with limbs and I put the biggest limb in first and packed everything in there. And we'll circle back to this because this is like man achievement of the week. And then, uh, let's see, went out and rode another, pretty much did the same ride again. It just took me a little longer because I went a little further and it was a lot windier. Came home, Andrew and I went grocery shopping and stuff like that. And then Sunday morning, we got up at the ass crack at dawn. We unsuccessfully went rabbit hunting. And then when we got home, I went and unloaded the limbs at the local, like, limb and wood dump. And when I grabbed the big limb and pulled it out, every limb came out except, like, one little eight-inch piece that got stuck between the bed and the tailgate. It was amazing. It was...
2: I thought you were going to say you went to the limb recycler and went in reverse on the rev limiter and then <laughs> locked up your brakes and ejected the entire contents of your truck onto the ground and then gave him the peace sign and left. No, I didn't do that. Uh, maybe next time.
0: Let's see. Then when I got done with that, I came home, loaded up my moto and went out and did some moto stuff. And uh, probably one of the proudest things I've ever done in the world of moto trials. Um, I'm never going to be awesome. I'm fine. I'm good enough to go out and have fun with people that are good. Did you do a Did you do a back to front? Nope. Uh, the other day, Andrew, a couple of weeks back, maybe a month and a half back or whatever. Time is irrelevant at this story. Um, I spotted a
2: where we ride is called. Or what do they call that? They call it an up to front? I don't know. What do they call it in regular trials, like in bicycle trials where you can't you don't have enough ups to like make it back wheel to back wheel, even if you're amazing. So you have to uh, do they call it up to front? I don't know. You can't do that on a motorcycle. You can land on the front wheel. For, no, you could land on the front <laughs> wheel.
0: No, he's talking about something that you couldn't get up on a bicycle and you land on your front wheel and then hop again. Generally in the, yeah. in the motorcycle world, there's something too small to land on with both wheels. So they land on it with the front wheel as like a, pivot turn so they could be set up to go as soon as they like unweight the front and land on the rear and go again i can't do any of that shit so i don't need to know what it's called <laughs> um uh i think if i ever saw that done i'd call it a whole oh, shit goddamn um but at turkey rock we have a zone there's a boundary. And we can ride our trials motorcycles anywhere we want within the boundaries. And I'd seen some really cool stuff that had never been ridden. And I pitched it to some dudes that are important. And they looked at it and they were like, that looks pretty cool. And then when I went down on Sunday, uh, one of the dudes had seen it, one dude hadn't. And I brought my handsaw with me. And they were like, what do you want to ride? And I was like, I brought my saw. And they're like, let's go there, dude. Let's go check out that spot. And over the course of about three hours with a handsaw, we trimmed off a ton of limbs, moved a bunch of stuff. And we opened up a great new area inside of our zone where in the upcoming like events and national, we're probably going to set some sections, which is – I don't know. I, I just feel really proud about that because like, I'm not – <sighs> how do i put this like i feel like i've made a contribution back to a community that's been very welcoming to me and really fun to be a part of and i think it just shows that like you don't have to be the best to like go out and help build trail or get involved but like just showing up with a good attitude and like you know being willing to help is like really fun and uh so did you name it is it the beanpole shoot No, it is... uh, But it is really gnarly. And there was some dudes struggling to clear this or clean this, like, one... I'd envision riding this long climb. It's probably, like, 60 yards long. And it's just continual weird, 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 weird. If you put any of those little things out by themselves they'd all be fine but like you got to nail this so you can nail that and if you don't nail this then you're not going to get through that and if you don't get through that you can't get going again to get through the next stuff and there's this hole that was kind of hard to deal with and I'd been like helping open up some other stuff in the zone and I like went to ride a little bit and I was like I'll give it a go and for some reason I'm like blasting through this and there's this hole and just some part of my brain was just like, oh, yeah, just jump it. And I just like dropped the throttle and like jumped over the hole and up the rock. And as my front tire was leaving the ground, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it worked out great. So, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm super happy with that. And that was Sunday. And then Monday, I went and bought some giant wire spools from Facebook Marketplace And I'm going to use those for working on my junkyard rover parts that I need to clean up and repaint and stuff. And I made the really hard decision to not buy the Chrome Illusion black spray paint for my rock sliders and rear bumper. (sighs) I really wanted to buy it, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it.
1: I think you should do it.
0: And that's my week.
1: All right. We want to get into some bike industry news. Maybe.
0: Uh, sure. Before that, if anyone at Cool K U H L wants to sponsor this podcast and send me a bunch of pants and all of us a bunch of pants, just do it. Just hit the contact form.
1: They just don't. They don't have a proper women's work pant.
0: You can wear men's pants.
1: No, men's pants have all the space in the front and none in the back, and I'm not built like that.
0: Well, if you're a ladies' workwear company and you want to give some pants to Andrea that have room in the back for all that back, but don't have room in the front, because there ain't no room needed, then...
1: And I'm tired of, like, these... Cool is guilty of it, but there are other ones, too. And this is, like, lots of clothing companies that do any type of, like, utilitarian clothing, whether it's workwear, or hunting, or hiking, or whatever. They want to make women's clothes, like half the time the description says it's flattering. I don't give a fuck about flattering when I'm shoveling horse shit, okay? Or digging a hole in a garden. I don't care what my ass looks like. I want my ass to be able to move around. I don't want my pants so tight that it squeezes my ass cheeks together and causes chafing. So stop making things that enhance my ass while I'm trying to work or do whatever it is I'm doing. Okay, now let's get into some industry news.
2: Jesus. Yeah, we'll have to start that line, the ass unenhancer.
1: <laughs> I just want stuff that's comfortable. Like the Carhartt loose fit work pants are pretty much the only things that I've found that are just, it's like, yeah, you want to move around and have some pants that protect you from getting, you know, like stabbed and scratched and stuff. Here you go.
0: Yeah, but they have the worst quality control.
1: I know. Like, so they're they're not that great.
0: Like I've had thirties that fall off and thirty twos that didn't want a button. So
1: Yeah. I mean I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying those are the only ones I've found that actually like they fit like something that you can actually work in. So yeah, that's my little rant for the day. So we'll start with the sad industry news first. Fox Factory sales down 9% in 2023. They
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. That's just how it's going to be. But that's Fox Factory as a whole. The bike division was, like, super fucked, right?
1: Uh, let's see. They do break that out in this article, but there are lots of numbers in here.
0: Bike-related brands were down 43% in 2023 fiscal year. Company-wide sales were down 8.6 to 1.46 billion. Um, in Fox Power Vehicle and Aftermarket, the sales were 389 389 down from 681 million the year before.
1: There you go. And they this article does use the term headwinds in it.
2: I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm going to officially say I'm sick and tired of people bitching and moaning about the retail scape and headwinds and challenges and all this stuff like this is all stuff that we knew was going to happen which is hey these numbers are cool and we're selling a lot of stuff it's not real it's going to return to normal don't be freaked out when it does and now everyone's freaked out that life is back to semi-normal it's just weird to me
1: yeah Uh, let's see what is next the uci has disciplined uh the u.s women's cycling team uh because apparently they showed up to a race i think it was in south america
2: and this was last year they showed up i read that i read that article and i laughed by the way i thought that was pretty funny slash clever i think they should have gotten an award
1: i misread this it's the argenta classic and i when i was breezing through it i thought that said argentina uh yeah, apparently, uh, four riders showed up, and they said that their fifth rider was sick and was unable to be there to like sign in for the race.
2: Which was a lie. There wasn't five riders. And by s- the way, I have a question. Why does it matter that you have a certain number of riders if you want to get your ass whooped and you go solo? Like, who cares, right? The UCI cares.
1: Yeah, the UCI.
0: Why? Cares.
2: Why, uh, Kenny?
1: Kenny, why do they measure socks? Okay.
0: Why is I there just, no anthropomorphic consideration given to the front center rule on road
2: bikes? That, that uh, <laughs> I just, I, I dislike, I understand there has to be rules, and maybe there's a reason behind it. I'm just wondering, like, why? There's too much pomp and circumstance in road cycling, and I just hate it.
1: Yeah, apparently they uh, they got the mechanic to put a cycling kit on, and they wore a mask, and they went to sign in, and they got caught. So... They were disciplined. All right. And then one more industry news before, well, I don't know if you guys have any other news, but before we get to new shit, Fast Cat Coaching has developed AI technology to coach endurance athletes using workout and wearable data. So basically you can pay, let me get down to the the, uh, pricing, $35 a month or $300 annually. And you can be coached by a computer, by yeah. AI.
2: The next I, person to say AI is fired. I can't wait
0: until some person with, like, 180 FTP is given, like, 300-watt sweet spot intervals.
1: <sighs> well, the person who owns Fast Cat Coaching was, is attributed to inventing sweet spot training. So, I, I don't think that his AI program would... Uh, would do that i mean look if you only have 35 dollars a month to spend on a coach get trainer road yeah trainer road is a great option there are a lot of options out there and trainer road is not a coach giving you workouts either so i don't know like ai based on a coach's experience trainer road which is like a computer program that shoots out a workout i don't know if you don't have a lot of money and you really need a coach, it's better than not having a coach. But I wouldn't expect to, if you're super talented and you're looking to like jump to like the pro level or something, I don't think that's going to do it, but I don't know. Give it a shot. If you can't afford like full on coaching, then just try it out and see if it works for you. I mean, any structured training program is better than just kind of like going out and winging it for most people. Unless you're just super good at listening to your body, you have some sense of periodization training. You know, you, you're you better off with some sort of structure, even if it's just a canned program or AI-generated program. Y'all want to talk about new shit now? I guess. Yes. You guys talk about the Maven break. I mean, I read about it. It's cool.
2: I think it's um, pronounced Maven. No,
1: um, mm-hmm. oh, I call it Maven.
2: No, it's
0: Maven.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, I watched the product release. (laughs) What if they're all saying it wrong? (laughs) Then I'll be wrong with the company that launched the product.
1: It's a really large mineral oil
0: break.
2: Kenny, have you touched one yet? No, I haven't touched one yet. Dude, that
0: bitch is chonky. There is no it, other way. To well, put it, it looks it looks extremely chunky. No, until you until you hold one in your hand, you don't understand.
1: It looks like you could hold the lever and swing it around your head and use it like a weapon.
0: Yeah, you could bludgeon someone to death with a maven break. Not recommending you do that. But... I'm just
1: saying, like if you know if someone breaks into your house and that's the first thing you can grab as a weapon, like it it could probably give you a few seconds before someone stabbed you.
0: I mean, but also, I think if I had a 1800 millimeter hose on a level two piston and I swung it at you, you'd be pretty unhappy about it.
1: Yeah, but the Maven
0: would be worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's attempted manslaughter. (laughs) You're going to catch a charge. I love how everyone is freaking out about a few things. Oh, Strand missed the mark. Oh, you got to pull the wheel to change the brake pads. Who the fuck is changing
2: their brake pads with the wheel in?
1: Who the fuck complains about that?
2: I never understood that piece by the way that is the possibly the dumbest thing in the world like yeah what are you going to do jam something between your rotor and your yep. piston to like push it in like give me a fucking brake people take like no. Goddamn do wheel that? out. no no people on the internet that have never
0: touched a product and we do it ourselves but we do it half joke. like when we're making fun of a saddle that has a dong sticking off the back to support your tailbone like yeah, I can make fun of that. I'm given permission. When I'm making fun of 25 centimeter wide road handlebars, I can make fun of that. I have all the right to. but when people are just like, oh, they missed the mark man. It's like, dude, you haven't even touched it. I guarantee you haven't ridden it because it's been released and you for probably four don't hours. own
1: a bike that it would be appropriate
0: for. Here's the thing. I don't need mavens. You know why? Their number one recommendation is when you install... So, here's the thing. I'm going to go through them real quickly. Uh, they have stealth like routing, meaning like the lever is closer to the bar, but it's not as close as other ones were. So, it's like not quite as close as other stuff. It has a gigantic two-piston or four-piston brake, right? It has its own brake pad, which is going to live in like the XL pad category. It uses mineral oil because that's what OE's asked for. Uh, it has a new bleeding edge tool that's going to be included with all rear calipers because DB8 was the only mineral oil and it didn't use bleeding edge, and now that we have bleeding edge, we need to include. We as an industry need to supply that to customers, so it ships with all rear brakes. Meaning, in the first however many brakes. That- okay,
2: I've got I've got something. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not Mauvin related, uh, but. Can we, can SRAM stop making front brakes? Why? Okay, I, Kenny, let's come back to that. Why do they make front brakes? Can we please stop it? Like, SRAM, I am personally trying to save you guys $10 million a year. Stop making double the number of SKUs that are necessary. Can he Just make a fucking let, rear brake. Let's come back to that. Like, put a pin in it. We really will come
0: back. Bleeding edge with a 5mm instead of a 4mm, so you can't get it mixed up and use the wrong bleeding edge tool that's contaminated with dot fluid. It has, it's heavier as a brake set. Lever, hose, caliper is heavier. However, the total system weight is predicted to be lower because they're recommending that you size down by at least 20mm on your rotors. With that, because the brakes have a larger pad surface and generate more power with less hand force, they're saying that you're going to be able to run organic pads in more conditions so you don't have to run noisy metal pads. So, with all that said, I don't need to run Mavens because I already run the smallest rotor I can run on the rear of my stump jumper, and that bitch stops fine. I'm ripping knobs off aggressors, okay? Like, actually, I'm not because it's not made by Schwalbe. <laughs> if it was a Schwalbe tire, all the knobs would have fallen off already.
2: Yeah. There should be- we come up with, like, a special adapter where we've got a Fox 40 running a 140 <laughs> front rotor? That would be
0: awesome. Dude, with a drill, you can make anything happen. Drill an angle grinder. Just... <laughs> Be the
2: dream you want to see, Kenny. No, I think what we'll do to make it work, actually, is you're going to have a wrap around. Oh, I just got a gajillion dollar idea. You're going to have an adapter that hangs below the... No, no. Well, I guess that could work. You could move it under the fork leg. Under the fork leg could work, maybe, but I think it might be so small that you have to run it in the front. So it's going to wrap around the fork leg, bolt on the back, wrap around the fork... And the caliper is going to be on the front of the damn fork. Oh, you know what? And it'll be like a
0: moto rear where it, the adapter actually replaces the end cap on your front hub. Yeah. So that's Maven in a nutshell. The shit's going to slap. I've touched them. They look rad. I saw the limited edition one. I went through all the small parts and pieces. It's rad. The other big thing that they're releasing is they are changing over to a different style post mount adapter to to where and i I don't want to quote the numbers but they're recommending that you run a slightly different adapter now for i can't remember the sizes but you're you're not going to use the same plus 20 adapter when you're running like a 180 native going to 200 they have that four bolt setup where you bolt an adapter that your brake
2: bolts to i love it it's called no more bolt sandwich is it (laughs) yes but
0: here's the thing i love it because i hate all those conical washers no one knows how to use them no one understands where they go no one understands the purpose of them which is oh people will put
2: those things everywhere it's insane
0: dude i've had customers come in and ask me to help them get them out of their nose like it just doesn't make (laughs) sense so as promised we will come back to saying kenny is a hundred percent correct this in 13 years or 11 years or whatever, however long we've been doing this, here is a time that I would fully embrace Kenny and like pet him on the visor of his full face helmet. Front brakes are stupid. Sram and Magura, anyone that makes an ambidextrous lever does not need to make a front brake. There is no reason to ever produce something with a shorter hose. It makes no sense and let me tell you why right now if you work at a bike shop and you stock sram brakes never and if you stock magura brakes you're probably not listening because you think we're stupid because we don't like that stuff and you're weird i
1: don't know i think scott does scott listen
0: i don't know but if he does he doesn't count
2: <laughs> um but never ever ever stock a front brake i don't like i don't i just buy their rears so That's i just we don't know it- why they make fronts that's
0: what we did at Absolute. We only stocked rears, and you know why? Someone comes in, they're like, "I need a." You have a brake set on the shelf. Someone comes in, they're like, "I need a rear brake." You're like, "Here you go." Someone comes in, they're like, "I need a rear brake," and you're like, "Shit, I only have a front because no one runs a thousand millimeter hose or whatever a front brake comes with. Eight hundred, I can't remember. No one. Like they needs built
2: that. they built an ambidextrous brake, which is great and it's brilliant. Why not take advantage of that? In the aftermarket and make not only SRAM's life easier, you have fewer skews to track and all that stuff, but you're making all the bike shop wives way better. So, like, just stop. Because I mean, it's fine. I guess you can continue to make front brakes. I ain't buying them. I just buy the rears.
1: Because when they sell a front brake, they make a few cents more because it has less hose on it and they paid for less hose at the factory but they sell it for the same price as the one with the long hose.
2: That's Look, not SRAM, the... SRAM's been making robots for like 10 years now. They got hose money. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. Like all the costs
0: that Kenny's talking about from a tracking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All that cost
2: is heavily. And let's call it an it's opportunity exactly, cost. It's exactly $10 million a year is what it costs for that program. So here's the thing, though. When you install
0: a front brake, you cut off six or eight inches of hose if you put a, a rear on the front you cut off 20 inches of hose or whatever don't i don't math me right now i well, can't now do.
2: what you can do if it's all rears and you cut off the front you're going to keep that like thousand millimeter uh section of hose and then they should just make a linkage device which i think they make and just like with quick links and chains all those cutoffs you have you can make hoses so you're really saving the planet but you can always put a rear on the front.
0: You should never stock a front brake. Never, ever, ever. And if you out there think you have a compelling reason to stock front brakes, I want you to email in with a true compelling reason to stock front brakes. And if you give me a real compelling reason on why front brakes should be stocked, I'll send you a sticker pack. I stand on that. Stand on my business.
2: Front brakes are stupid. I You never, ever need them. And that's a frustration for me with Shimano. I got to stock so much garbage.
0: Well, yeah, because like right now, across how many shops y'all have? Five, six, six? Six. Yeah, across six shops, for a decent stock on a certain SRAM SKU, three might be appropriate.
2: because Exactly. You would have, but with Shimano, you would have to have four exactly and well also like, a Ooh. really weird number so mt200s the most popular cheap replacement brake. what do you think the ratio is of rears to fronts that i have sold because we sell hundreds of them uh you i'm
0: guessing you sell more what's the ratio you probably so what
2: tell me what you sell more of front or rear rears you probably sell those two to one not quite. It's like uh, it's like eight to ten, which you can reduce that. But I refuse to reduce fractions because that makes people want to use uh, SAE, which is not okay. Still,
0: though, like, but going back to what I was saying, like, if Kenny can reduce one skew across six shops or one stock level across six shops, suddenly Kenny has six less breaks in stock for a given level so then if we look at three or four different levels of brakes
2: let's say there's four it's millions so it's tw- millions of brakes it, it will save yeah it's millions of brakes it'll save thousands of lives <laughs> but i mean in all
0: seriousness for kenny's six locations if he has one fewer sram brake in stock because he only has rears in six different Shops in four different breaks. That's 24 SKUs. That's a considerable savings, but it is also easier for Kenny to hit reorder levels with his vendors and to keep his stock supplied or his shop stocked and supplied to better meet customer demand. So, seriously, stop stocking front breaks.
1: All, All right? right. I have one more new thing that I want to talk about and it's that Norco is now making a high-pivot bike with 125 millimeters of rear travel.
0: How much does it weigh? Go up. 33 pounds. It's got RockShox Ultimate Flight Attendant XO Eagle Transmission. That's
1: the one that you're reading is the sight, and that's oh. that one's the longer travel. It's like 150 rear travel. Uh, but the optic, so that sight frame
0: is... 9.3 pounds.
1: The uh, 6.9 pounds for the carbon, 9.3 for aluminum. The Optic, which is the, lo- the shorter travel one, is 6.7 pounds for the carbon and also 9.3 pounds for the aluminum. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a 30-plus pound bike and 125 millimeters of rear travel. It's going
0: to make a tall boy seem light. <laughs> I mean, to put that in perspective, what's the front travel on the site or the big one? What does it say...
1: Hold, please.
0: It doesn't matter. My my Epper, my Evo, which is 155-160 travel, weighs 31 pounds, fully dressed with all the gears.
1: But it's not a high-pivot
0: bike. It's not. You're right.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a lot of weight on a short travel bike.
0: I guess when they don't pedal that well, you got to take some travel out of them so you can get it up the hill.
1: I guess so. All right. You guys have any new shit that you want to talk about?
2: Nope. Uh, I think that's really about it. We have any listener questions?
1: We did have... We're a little light on the content for that, but... That's
0: fine. We don't have to record for two hours. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, We did get a message from Tom, patron Tom, superfan Tom our buddy Tom, regarding Mavic. I quote a joke you've probably heard me tell many times. It is richly steeped in stereotypes and light racism. In hell... And
0: if you know Tom at all, that sentence, what was it? Heavy stereotypes?
1: Steeped in stereotypes and light racism.
0: Uh, That sums up Tom pretty well.
1: (laughs) Tom says, In hell, the Germans are the police, the French are the engineers, and the British do the cooking. In heaven... The Germans are the engineers, the French do the cooking, and the British are the police.
2: Yeah, I have heard that one. I think they had Italians in there in another version of it.
1: Uh, We did have a good patron thing in Slack. Hold on just a minute.
2: And if you want to join
0: our Patreon for as little as, what is it, $3 a month?
1: $3 a
0: month. Uh, You can also have access to join in the unhinged and totally not good banter that we have all the time. Kenny's smart enough to not, not be involved.
1: Kenny gets in the Slack channel occasionally. Yeah,
2: I have yeah, I don't do a whole lot of that stuff, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. I tend to get sucked into that stuff and it burns a lot of my time. So. so don't take offense about the Slack thing. I will get on there from time to time. But if it makes you feel any better, I don't have Facebook, Instagram, any of that stuff on my phone. I'll visit it once in a while on the computer, but not on my phone.
1: Uh, We did have an interesting discussion on here. What was the first company to make what we'd consider today, what we'd today consider a gravel bike? And then someone else, uh, let's see. And then he later says, what was the first thing to be marketed as a gravel bike? So, I think...
2: Niner was pretty say, early, right? I would think it's probably a sur, a Surly something or other, right? It was probably the first yeah, official Yeah, that's what one. I said
1: was a, like a Surly cross check. Yeah. Because they made it where it would fit like a 50 millimeter tire. Like, I think I put a two-inch mountain bike tire on mine or 2.2. No, I put a
0: Kenda Karma on the front of it. Yeah, it, it was a Kenda Karma 1.95. Okay. And, yeah, I remember we both had cross checks at the same time. And one time... I thought I was doing the right thing and trying to be tough. And you were just like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this.
1: <laughs> what were we doing? Like riding the uh, rail trail or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awful. It was like loose railroad gravel where the tides had been taken up, so it made it even looser.
2: I feel so, like yeah. I feel like the Niner RLT was like fairly early to the game.
1: Let's see. We had uh, someone said, Ramo said Indie Fab had the club racer since the late 1990s. And I, I'm not sure what bike that is.
2: But as far as fairly mainstream, hey, we're riding gravel, what do you think of before the RLT? Well, wh- when was that Raleigh release that
0: they mentioned in Slack? Cause the the clamland
1: club- series? Uh, they didn't give a date. but
0: The Club Racer was still like a caliper bike, so... Yeah, I mean, the Tamlin was released in 2013, and it was called a gravel bike. That's the thing. Like, the Cross Check wasn't called a gravel bike. It was like a do-it-all hood rat bike.
1: Well, I mean, it's because the term gravel bike didn't exist. But I did ride my Cross Check in a gravel race before gravel racing was, like, a thing. In the very first Southern Cross race in Georgia.
2: Andrea, you've done Dirty Conza, right? Yes. What year did you do it first? 14.
1: 2014. What'd you ride? I rode my mountain bike. I rode a Niner.
2: Nope. You rode your TIE Cisco.
1: I thought I rode the... No, I rode the Niner.
2: It wasn't like a Scott Addict CX or something like that?
1: No, I had one of those, but I rode... I had that and I went with the one that I was more comfortable with for riding long distances just, like, fit-wise and body-wise and stuff. And uh, I did, like, a carbon fork and I think one by 11 with, a like, a 34 or 36, I think a 36-tooth chain ring.
0: Yeah, 38.
1: Oh, I did 38.
0: Okay. 38, 1142, XX1, 11-speed with a yeah. power meter.
1: It worked really well. And I, I'd used two-inch tires. I had, uh, at the time, I was doing, like, Prototype testing from Maxis and I wrote a set of Icon 2.0s that were not released yet, but they were an EXO version of that tire, and it worked really well. I had like one flat tire, which is pretty standard for most people racing that. Uh, But yeah, it was it was great. It worked great. I mean, I don't think I would have gone any faster on what you would call a gravel bike today because it was super light. Like, I think it was I think it was under twenty pounds. Pretty sure it was under twenty pounds.
2: So here's uh ready for some trivia? What was the first gravel tire?
1: I don't know, maybe that, that Hutchinson
2: uh No, it's probably something from WTB, like a Yeah, road road. Andrea almost fucking nailed it. A Hutchinson. Hutchinson Python. First gravel tire ever built. Oh
1: yeah, I think I I made like Hutchinson was only Company that did tubeless cyclocross tires for a while, and that's what I always rode. Once tubeless was kind of like uh, an easier thing to like. I tried setting them up on non-tubeless wheels a few times, and I think they actually worked on some, but not others. It was in that bad time of mixing non-tubeless and tubeless parts. But it, uh, yeah, the I used those a lot until I really started getting into cyclocross, and then I used tubulars, and then. I stopped racing cyclocross and I don't know what people use now.
0: Whatever they want. But yeah, I mean, when you talk about like, what was, I mean, if we say like the first, the thing is, is Raleigh was one of the first to the game that was just like, this isn't a cross bike, right? It wasn't a touring bike. It wasn't a cross bike. Now, when was the Niner
2: RLT released? Probably 14-ish, 15-ish. So that would have been that's just a guess. I could be like absolutely wrong on that, but I'm usually pretty good about the the teams. They were fairly clear years for me, surprisingly. Yeah.
0: Outside has a six month test of it with uh, in November of 2014.
2: Fucking nailed it. (laughs) So nine years ago. Wild. Well, a little less than that. Wait, what? Twenty four. No, Kenny, that would be nine and a half years ago. (laughs) <laughs> like he was you said it was you said it's 20 November of 2014. That was their 6 month test. Oh, okay. I was like, "Man, your maths are not as good as my maths, but I did not have all the information to make my maths accurate." I mean, I gave you the information. You just didn't put it in your ear hole. <laughs> I yeah. I don't like word problems. Those are ridiculous jimmy has problems and problems in real life are not presented in jimmy words. has
0: 76 watermelons you're like all right all right i need to know why this motherfucker has so many watermelons <laughs> Susie takes 17 watermelons what does jimmy have a felony charge <laughs> <laughs> all right is that it no i mean there's some we've
1: got some. so this is why i like a while back i don't know A month and a half ago, I put this post up on Instagram, like, ask us anything. And it was for nights like this, where the content's a little slim.
2: So, I was... By the way, we've been recording for an hour, which is crazy.
1: All right. Well, do you want to do, like, just one of...
2: No, I'm just saying it's surprising that we talk about shit. It's completely random shit that's really not bike-related at all, but (laughs) uh, it's more just impressive.
0: I think the more impressive thing is a few thousand people decide to listen to this shit every week and I haven't figured out why.
1: Oh, here's a good one. We can <laughs> we can end on this one. This is from MJP two zero 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 two. What which hot takes from the JRA archives were you most wrong about?
2: What have been wrong about? We? I was probably pretty cranky about all mountain bikes before I lived in a place that needed all mountain bikes. I didn't understand things like droppers and why you'd want a bike that's slack and doesn't turn. Yeah. And it turns out that it's for going down hills. Also old all mountain bikes were garbage and they're so good now. That's what I was going to interject with is you
0: have to admit though, that if someone handed you a if you had the option of taking a twenty thirteen Trek Remedy or a twenty twenty Epic Evo, it's a no brainer. You know, like Yeah, I would take the Epic Evo. Yeah, because the bikes of that era, like,
2: they hadn't dialed in seat tube angles yet. They were they were like long and steep. They were really, I say long as in long travel and steep and short wheel based and just odd. Like you sat up fucking high. Yeah, I had a lot of travel, but they were still going to kill you. Right. Like those bikes got
0: our understanding of different terrains greatly increased as we progressed westward. But you have to admit that the bikes got way better after we progressed westward.
2: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. And like we all rode. anytime there was any kind of descent, we all were very happy and did pretty good on them. I would say as a, on average as a group. So I never felt like I was ultra, we didn't ride ultra gnarly stuff then, but I was never that held back by the bike. I, I felt. think,
1: I think uh, Kenny's love of fast tracks maybe went on a little longer than it needed to. I don't, That's
2: probably
0: (laughs) Here's the thing though like I don't Disagree because Kenny went or I don't Agree with that I disagree because Kenny went to Two six fast tracks and a two six Low knob tire fucking grips
2: They really do because you got To understand the stuff that I ride I don't ride the steepest of the steep Where you need to like have a tire that Digs in To the dirt I ride a lot Of loose over and actual Rocks so The best thing on a rock is a slick for real like not trying to be funny so yeah cuz every time the rock is available actually, the tire is touching it yeah so fast tracks on slick rock type stuff do unbelievably well and that's why i like it we should
1: bring back the kinda karma i wonder if you can still Jeez. get that hold on
2: what else were we wrong about we were right about pretty much everything we I just want to point out that we said the original Envy's were stupid and people got really mad because we said they're really uncomfortable. Why would you want pay extra money to be uncomfortable? And everybody said we were dumb, including Envy. Uh, my how times have changed. Yeah. What else? Um, uh, we said we need a large stanchion short travel fork because that would be awesome and that stiffer chassis would be amazing. We got it. And every everybody made those. Uh, Eagle tap. Also known as, you know, XX <laughs> I mean, we basically knew that was going to happen just because that was a natural progression. Yeah. Uh, but, like, but what other... We called it... Like, no
0: one can be surprised when anything is released now. I mean, maybe you didn't sure. think Maven breaks were coming, but when it happens, you're not like, oh. ooh that's weird you know it's not like if common saw released a carbon xc hardtail tomorrow like you'd shit your pants you'd be like wait this isn't metal and you can't jump it why did you build this you know like
2: if people are releasing things that we expect you know the end in- I think most of us most of us were on four piston brakes and saying that generally speaking they were probably the way to go even though there's a weight penalty uh, what else were we right about uh, <laughs> we were
1: talking about what we we're wrong about <laughs>
2: Well, we haven't been wrong about a lot of stuff. It was one thing. Uh, I think dropper post, but I think they got a lot better. Once once the frame... Yeah, they, they were garbage. We didn't understand what they were for, and they were actual hot garbage. Yeah. I think I,
1: I had a dropper post. I had the specialized command post when we still live in Memphis.
2: Sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that.
1: I do, because I, I went to... I used it in that uh, that Enduro over in Arkansas, like the first Enduro in Arkansas. I had that on my bike. I used it in a Transylvania stage race in 2012. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I rode. I, is that the same Enduro that I did? Yeah. Okay.
0: I didn't go to that for some. Oh, that's because I was poor and I only had a crave at that
2: time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I raced it on a 100 mil XC bike. Yeah. In in. And- Let's so dropper
0: post, but again, like Kenny said, they were hot garbage. And also everything has gone internal. You know, before when you were like zip tying it to some other shit that was already zip tied to the frame and you had a front railer and all this shit. Well yeah,
1: and like on the command post the cable the housing went to the to top, the like the top of the the seat.
0: moving part of the post. So yeah. the the cable grew as you dropped the post.
1: Yeah, and then chaos. Um, started doing external but it was fixed like get the collar
0: and i had one of those on my jet nine that i moved to colorado with and sold because again poor
2: (laughs) i'd like to point out that i said e bikes were the coolest fucking thing from the first day that i rode them way back when and everybody was super mad at me and (laughs) some people might still be mad at me but obviously the rest of the world agrees that they're pretty neat yeah I mean and I used to okay I was wrong
0: about e-bikes but I'm still mad about them for all the right reasons when people ride them on trails this stupid thing makes me have more fun I
2: don't like that my life shouldn't be this fun no
0: it's <laughs> when people are riding them where they're not allowed and acting like because the legislation hasn't caught up with the industry that it's fine and they can break the rules I just don't
2: I don't live by that well uh, what is necessary is legal. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't get me out of my DUI, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, so what else were we right about? Because it's been everything. Uh can we I wanna this put me
0: down a rabbit hole because I said like we weren't really surprised that Maven came out. We didn't expect it, but we weren't surprised. Um surprised that SRAM made the Apex mechanical. I think we're all surprised that Shimano still hasn't released an XTR twelve speed Di two. I think that Envy's mountain bike
2: wheels are old and they should be updated soon. I mean, I'm like, been... I'm pretty worried. I'm pretty worried about Shimano. I'm like, kind of. I'm like, kind of sad now. To be honest, it was kind of funny at first, and now I like feel bad. You know what I mean? No, you feel bad for a company that overproduced components
0: and flooded the OE market and allowed. Distributor or OEs in other countries to sell component groups that were for OE only into a US market with no map protection for years and years and years is finally reaping what they sowed. Which is other brands have caught up with them and innovated beyond the market share. Like were we sad when Campy went away? No, like Campy, Campy still exists. Campy exi- still exists. Campy still exists, but like, did you
2: get excited when the new Ecar? st or whatever that cheap- i never got excited when any of their shit came out okay, i just then. i feel bad because like every other week sram's coming out some cool ass shit and I mean, and shimano you just like you just have to poke them with a stick and like nothing happens they don't do anything
0: you're like
1: i mean campy on. doesn't count because the only people that use campy are like old white dudes
0: troy had campy on his first mountain bike there you go <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see,
2: something else we were wrong about, I don't, I don't know. And Okay, I, so this is, this is listener homework then, see if you can pour through some old episodes, find something that we were wrong about.
1: Yeah. Someone's in, and don't say chain waxing, please. Because you're
2: wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't think just, anybody would say that that's right. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drop some
0: stuff on chain waxing real quick. Oh, God. I don't want to get into this. Peter Stetna.
1: Because you guys don't answer the emails that I get whenever we talk about chain waxing not being the way that we like to do it.
0: Peter Stetna had to add wax to his chain during his white rim FKT. It's 100 miles.
1: Yeah. I will say during what was Dirty Kanza is now Unbound that I... Cleaned my chain, degreased it all the way, put pro gold on it.
0: And pro gold again.
1: And pro gold again. uh, Put pro gold on it, wiped it off once it had set like overnight. Did a pre-ride of like, I don't know, 10 to 15 miles the day before the race. Did the entire race. My chain was not making noise at the end of the race. That's
2: So the best lube is the factory stuff that comes on the chain. I know that really upsets people, but it's amazing. I usually ride my bikes for about a thousand miles on the factory chain before I put any lube on it. So, if you want to save yourself money, just go buy a brand new XX level chain every thousand miles and never lube it and then give the one that you pull off to a poor person. And you can also give them that rice cooker that you're going to use to Wax uh, your chain And they not only have a chain But they can cook healthy rice Oh
1: man I wonder if waxing your chain Would work better In an instant pot Like if you pressure cooked it <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't well, think I don't think metal cares About pressure
0: No you need to really Get it down in those rollers
1: Well it, it would just It would like Superheat it Is the thing Like it would get, uh, Yeah I guess Like would the metal Expand a little bit And let more of whatever is in the, there, like the porosity
0: them. of the metal would open up a little bit.
1: Maybe I don't know.
0: We need to we need to contact KMC and ask them how hot we can make our chains before structural integrity fails, because I'm sure they have the best testing on that.
1: I want to I want to ask Troy that. How can I put my XX one chain in the instant pot? But I'm going to do it with like motor oil. Motor could you oil. Put, and- could
2: you put a new XX one chain in with an old, dirty one? just put them both in the pressure cooker and they heal each other? Yes.
0: (laughs) And the best part is, afterwards, you have flavoring for your rice.
1: Yeah, you'd have to get a new seal for your Instant Pot.
0: Nope, don't. That'd be
1: way worse than, like, if you cook curry in your Instant Pot, the seal smells like curry for, like, three or four cookings after that.
0: Look, we're not always right. We do get stuff wrong. We we are nec- sometimes dickheads about things we sh- unnecessarily don't have to be or unnecessarily dickheads about things we shouldn't be, I guess is a better way to put it. But I mean, like Kenny said, we knew NV rims weren't good. We knew that the we, we just know things and I'm just picking out like one thing, but like we knew BB-30 wasn't a good idea, right? <laughs> like we all hated BB-30 cranks. P- uh,
1: PF-30. PF-30
0: specifically.
1: Yeah. That was the Um, worst.
0: You know, people made fun of SRAM because Dub is like 29.8. But guess what? Those bottom brackets last way longer than PF30 bottom brackets somehow. It's like they did their... They they fucking did their homework on it. So... Yep. I don't know. Like... Oh, yeah. Going back to Shimano. Dude, it's 2024 and you're still running a steel 24 millimeter spindle. Like, come on.
2: That's not the biggest deal for me, to be honest. Like, eh... It's a system that, if you know how to use it, it's actually reasonable, and yeah, it's fine. I think they could spend their twenty-four mil steel spindle money in other places. Save, you know, the money they've saved by not making a new spindle in fifty years, they could maybe make other cool stuff. Yeah, like my first mountain bike
0: came with GXP, but then my second mountain bike had Hollowtech two on it. Maybe not my second, but yeah. It's been around, guys. All right. You going to do I'm going to do patrons. I
1: forgot about them last week. I'm sorry.
0: You didn't add them in?
1: I didn't. I was tired. I said it. All right. Starting at $10 a month. And if you join our Patreon and you contribute at least $10 a month, we will read whatever name you put as your patron name on air. But $10 a month, we have Zozo, Zach, Will, Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, T-Baggin, Taper Pro, Sam, Ryan, Rod Augin, Richard Cheese, Ray. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is my daddy, Parker, Noah, Nick, my pal Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd Christmas, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jared, new patron. Thank you, Jared. What up? Jake Green Giant
0: <laughs> Gorilla Grip Pussy That sounds pretty cool.
1: <laughs> oh god. Gordon, Frank the Tank, F that guy Mark, Ezra, Evan, Eric, Dan, Cam Irish one, Billy Single Speed, Bill. Bo, Beryl Dix, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, Esker Cycles at eleven sixty nine, Leadout sports and Josh from the Intesa at fourteen Australian, Dean at sixteen fifty Australian, twenty dollars a month, Scott, Pooprench, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Harley at thirty, Troy at thirty one, and six pack outdoors at fifty.
0: So there you have it. That's our show. We've never been wrong.
1: <laughs> Except about fast tracks
0: never been wrong
1: (laughs) all right everyone thank you all for listening and good night
0: thanks for tuning in to the just riding along show
1: there's some shit coming out of your brake pads